America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great nation despite the fact that we are increasingly menaced by political violence on the left and unfortunately on the right as well. That's the conclusion of a number of studies. A number of people have taken a look at it. A number of polls, surveys. Is this something that we should be worried about? Is this one of the reasons why a majority of people, a majority according to polling, now look at the future of this country and say it's a question whether we can sustain our democracy. Uh, are you able to sustain a democracy with these threats of violence? That's also one of the questions that came up in the hearings this morning. And look, I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, whether you believe that Joe Biden is just the acting president who stole the election through rigging the electoral processes, or if you're somebody who believes that uh, there is a scandalous aspect and a destructive aspect to the entire movement to try to discredit a major American election. Whichever side you're on, listening to some of the people who are testifying today, who are Republicans, all of them, all of them. And the Republicans who were up there had suffered so many threats of horrible violence, and thousands of them, including uh, the Speaker of the Arizona House of Representatives, who was, I think, uh, a profoundly moving witness earlier today. His name is Rusty Bowers. He's been part of the Arizona legislature since 1993. That's a long time. And uh, he recounts some of the reaction to his denying that the Arizona vote was stolen. And uh, some of the reaction involved uh, killing members of him and his family. And we're not talking about a few random notes. We're talking about hundreds and thousands of threatening notes. And the same thing happened to Gabe Sterling, who was an election official Republican under Brad Raffensperger in Georgia, and to Brad Raffensperger himself, who's testifying now. It's, uh, it's, it's all remarkable. And what I cannot imagine is how anyone on the right or the left could justify this sort of thing, could justify the sort of thing that happened in, in front of the house of Brett Kavanaugh. And by the way, it's not different. It's the same sickness, the same tendency to believe that, uh, that, that basically my political point of view, the argument that we're having about who should actually get the electoral votes in Arizona or in Georgia or in Pennsylvania or in Wisconsin, that that difference about counting votes is important enough to kill for or to die for. Uh, it, is, it is an extraordinary moment in our country we will be talking uh, to about uh, a, a startling piece about the propensity for political violence. We'll also talk about what next for the Republicans. There's a list of seven candidates who uh, the, um, they believe over at the Hill magazine are 
almost surely going to be candidates against President Trump uh, contesting the Republican nomination. There are some surprises there, and there's an evaluation of all those people. Who would you put on the list? Who should be put on the list? Who uh, isn't there so far? You'll have a chance to participate in that. 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. And uh, we'll be talking about, at least in a music battle, and a very good music battle, uh, there's a chance that Russia and Ukraine can come together. Uh, there's also a, uh, a fairly high-level move between a uh, very talented TV and movie personality in Ukraine with a very talented movie personality here from the United States. We will talk about that as well on a very busy day on the Medved Show. Uh, we are talking before about the, the Van Cliburn competition that just took place in Fort Worth, Texas. Probably a better thing that took place in Fort Worth than the uh, recent Republican state uh, convention in Texas where there's a certain amount of uh, criticism of the Republican Party because one of the things that the delegates voted on was that Texas reserves the right to uh, secede from the United States. Uh, look, they tried that before. They seceded back in 1861. It did not work out well. They should have listened to the governor of Texas at the time, Sam Houston, who uh, stood strongly on a, 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 a um, principle of actually standing with the union. Uh, today at the hearings, uh, and again, yes, it's, Alan, uh, it's Adam Schiff, the congressman from California who's leading most of the questioning and who is uh, laying out the entire story. But what the story is really about is the effort on the part of Team Trump to decertify state electors that had already been elected and certified for Biden. Now, there's no provision for that in the law. You cannot decertify state electors. And uh, this is a, a part of a, an encounter here where Rusty Bowers, the Speaker of the House, a strong conservative Reagan Republican, in fact, when he was talking about Reagan just moments ago, as a witness, he was getting emotional about how much Reagan meant to him and how much he wanted to follow in Reagan's footsteps. The, the one thing that comes across about Rusty Bowers, if you read about him, he, he is a person of integrity and honor. He's a graduate of Brigham Young University Law School. Yes, he's part of that substantial LDS community in Arizona. And uh, he talks about how he refused a uh, request, and a request you'll be surprised from where, he was, had a request to decertify the state's electors, presidential electors, that had already been certified for Biden. And here is uh, how he described that encounter. Listen. During this call, uh, he was making ask during this call. Uh, he was making these allegations of fraud, but he had something or a couple things uh, that they wanted you to do. What were those? The ones I remember were first the that we would hold, that I would allow an official committee at, at the Capitol 
so that they could hear this evidence and that we could take action thereafter. Um, and I refused. I, I did not feel that the evidence, granted in its absence, merited a hearing, and I didn't want to be used as a pawn. And what was his second ask? I, I said, to what end? To what end the hearing? He said, well, we have heard by an official high up in the Republican uh, legislature that there is a legal theory or a legal ability in Arizona that you can remove the, um, the electors of President Biden and replace them. And we would, we would like to have the legitimate opportunity through the committee to come to that end and, and remove that. And I said, that's, that's, something I've, that's totally new to me. I've never heard of any such thing. And he pressed that point. And I said, look, you are asking me to do something that is counter to my oath when I swore to the Constitution to uphold it. But you are asking me to do something against my oath, and I will not break my oath. He has an oath to both the Arizona Constitution and to the U.S. Constitution. And he stood on that Constitution. God bless him. We will be right back on The Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Michael Medved show uh, talking about the ongoing hearings uh, this morning the fourth session for the committee it, it seems like it's more than that it's been a volume of information today they're focusing on uh, President Trump's very personal because he's very deeply personally involved there's been a great deal of uh, tape of President Trump played today very involved in this effort once the election had uh, been declared over and once there had been recounts and multiple recounts and the elections had been certified by every state and by every state legislature, he wanted the state legislatures to go back and decertify the election for which there's no legal process at all. And uh, yet the, the pressure was very intense, particularly on the Speaker of the House, in Arizona, whose name is Rusty Bowers. And he, um, in his statement this morning, was recalling uh, Reagan's inaugural, which was uh, very important to him, a, a significant moment, and a great demonstration of the orderly transfer of power, which America so much longs for. Uh, the one thing about wanting to see a change of power and Joe Biden no longer president, of course. But people who want that uh, must want it in an orderly, respectful, and decent manner as we've always had in the country before 2020. Uh, here is Rusty Bowers being questioned by Adam Schiff of the committee, uh, clip two. Mr. Chairman, Representative Schiff, because I have a lot of admiration for Ronald Reagan. I had the opportunity of going through his home with one other person and walking through and 
I have a lot of admiration for him. When he um, pointed out, which is, uh, I have lived in other country for a period of time and have visited a few countries and during election times, the fact that we allow an election, support an election, and stand behind the election, even in the past when there have been serious questions about the election, and then move on without disturbance and with acceptance that we choose, we choose to follow the outcome of the will of the people. That will, um, it means a lot to me and I know it meant a lot to him. It did, and it meant a lot to Brad Raffensperger. Brad Raffensperger is the Secretary of State of the state of Georgia. He had a primary challenge that was funded by President Trump's Save America PAC, a challenge from a sitting U.S. congressman. Uh, and this in the Republican primary that was just held in Georgia. Primaries today, by the way, in Virginia and in Alabama and other states. But uh, we will get to that. But with Raffensperger, he won the primary by 20 points. It, it was supposed to be close. But the people of Georgia believe in him and believe, as I think it's impossible not to if you actually look at the record, that he's somebody who takes his oath seriously, somebody who takes his responsibility seriously, and is basically, despite the fact that he supported Trump in 2016, he supported Trump in 2020, he takes his job very seriously. And he was surprised to have the President of the United States call him, this is a tape of that call, and to uh, ask him to find somehow, oh, another almost 12,000 votes. Uh, listen, this is clip three. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,000 780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. Mr. Secretary, was the president here asking you for exactly what he wanted, one more vote than his opponent? What I knew is that we didn't have any votes to find. We had continued to look. Uh, we investigated, like I just shared the numbers with you. There were no votes to find. That was an accurate count that had been certified. and. As our general counsel said, there was no shredding of ballots. Yeah, and he also went over in his testimony uh, about the claims that there were dead people who voted. Uh, and he said, yeah, he found some dead people that voted. Two. Two. And then he said, and then later we found another two, so a total of four. Uh, Trump had claimed 8,000 dead people had voted. So... With all of this going on, the threats against Brad Raffensperger at the height of this dispute, which is long after the election, when normally these things are settled, and they had already certified, uh, I think it's on December 14th, they had certified the electoral votes for Biden, for the state of Georgia, which he carried. 
But this is what happened to the Republican, conservative Republican Secretary of State in Georgia. Listen. Mr. Secretary, after making this request, the president then goes back to the danger of having you deny these allegations of fraud. Let's listen to that part of the clip. And I watched you this morning and you said, uh, well, there was no criminality. But I, I mean, all of this stuff is, is very dangerous stuff. It's, when you talk about no criminality, I think it's very dangerous for you to say that. Secretary Raffensperger, you wrote about this in your book. Uh, and you said, quote, I felt then and still believe today that this was a threat. Others obviously thought so, too, because some of Trump's more radical followers have responded as if it was their duty to carry out this threat. Please tell us what you, your wife, even your daughter-in-law experienced regarding threats from Trump's more radical followers. Well, after the, ele after the election, uh, my email, my cell phone was doxxed, and so I was getting texts all over the country, and then eventually my wife started getting the uh, text, and hers typically came in as sexualized uh, texts, which were disgusting. You have to understand that uh, Trish and I, we met in high school, and we've been married over 40 years now. And so um, they started going after her, I think, just to probably put pressure on me. Why don't you just quit, walk away? And so that happened. And then some people broke into my daughter-in-law's uh, home. And uh, my son has passed, and she's a widow and uh, has two kids. And so we're very concerned about her safety also. And then he answered that uh, question, why did he stay on with all these threats? And uh, the answer is revealing and relevant. Look, when you're talking about political violence and the trend toward political violence, and then again, so many Americans fearing a civil war, and the Texas Republicans voting to preserve Texas's right to secede from the union, What's amazing about this is what is what are all these fights about? What issues? It, it's not the preservation of the union. Don't we all believe we should continue as a union of states? It's not slavery. Don't we all believe that slavery and discrimination are bad ideas? We'll be right back on the Medved Show. I'll keep you in suspense. On the Michael... On the uh, Michael Medved show, they are just now ramping up their hearings for today. But toward the end of the testimony of Brad Raffensperger, who was the Secretary of State for the state of Georgia, uh, who just won his primary, and he won it very comfortably. He uh, looks like almost a sure thing, as is Governor Brian Kemp, who also won his primary by an even bigger margin. They uh, they do look like they will be t returning to office to serve the people of Georgia. But uh, you heard a little bit from um, Brad Raffensperger. I'll tell you what, the more you hear from this guy, the more you respect him. I mean, and, and this is the way he spoke when uh, Adam Schiff, who was leading the questioning for the January 6th committee today, uh, Adam Schiff asked in, in the face of his daughter-in-law's home being broken into uh, with uh, very dire threats, uh, receiving material in the, uh, uh, in the email, 
because his emails and his personal address, all of it had been doxxed. It had been made public by people who uh, believed that he was part of the conspiracy against President Trump. In any event, uh, he was asked, with all of this danger that you're facing, why do you stay on? And here's that interchange from uh, just a, a few moments ago. Listen. I think sometimes moments require you to stand up and, and just take the shots. You're doing your job. And that's all we did. You know, we just followed the law and we followed the Constitution. And at the end of the day, President Trump came up short. But I had to be faithful to the Constitution. And that's what I swore an oath to do. And uh, that's very similar to what uh, very different personality, Rusty Bowers, Speaker of the House of Arizona, had to say. And uh, the, the last uh, bit of questioning, the last bit of witness testimony, uh, yes, okay, we're going to go by, they're just closing, they're just closing the hearing today. Uh, this is uh, Liz Cheney with her closing Your Honor, statement. To spend time with you and with our previous witnesses here today. Uh, to date, more than 30 witnesses called before this committee have not done what you've done, but have invoked their Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination. Roger Stone took the fifth. General Michael Flynn took the fifth. John Eastman took the fifth. Others, like Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro, simply refused to comply with lawful subpoenas, and they have been indicted. Mark Meadows has hidden behind President Trump's claims of executive privilege and immunity from subpoenas. We're engaged now in litigation with Mr. Meadows. The American people in our hearings have heard from Bill Barr, Jeff Rosen, Richard Donahue, and many others who stood up and did what is right. And they will hear more of that testimony soon. But the American people have not yet heard from Mr. Trump's former White House counsel, Pat Cipollone. Our committee is certain that Donald Trump does not want Mr. Cipollone to testify here. Indeed, our evidence shows that Mr. Cipollone and his office tried to do what was right. They tried to stop a number of President Trump's plans for January 6th. Today and in our coming hearings, you will hear testimony from other Trump White House staff explaining what Mr. Cipollone said and did, including on January 6th. But we think the American people deserve to hear from Mr. Cipollone personally. He should appear before this committee, and we are working to secure his testimony. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Okay, uh, the Pat, Pat Cipollone, who, according to multiple reports, was trying to stop the more irresponsible aspects of uh, the January 6th riots. With all of this going on, it's and, and people afraid of political violence, it is utterly amazing, just amazing, that a, um, a Senate candidate in Missouri, the former govern governor, the disgraced former governor of Missouri, he was driven out of office, he was forced to resign because of uh, a series of really tawdry scandals. And one of those scandals involved manipulating a veteran's charity that he had organized allegedly to benefit wounded veterans where none of that money was used for that purpose it was used to advance his political campaigns i'm talking about eric Greitens. he was also accused of uh 
it's been admitted, he has acknowledged that he was having a regular affair with his hairdresser in the basement of his home uh, where they had set up a little uh, part-time torture chamber for their entertainment and that he had threatened her with a nude photograph. This is while he was governor of Missouri before virtually every Republican in the state uh, demanded that that uh, he resign, and he eventually did. And he now has uh, charges pending by his ex-wife concerning abuse of their two sons, uh, one of them at, at as young as the age of three, and his abuse of his ex-wife. He, of course, denies it fervently, but what he can't deny is the ad that he just uh, put up on the Internet and it's an ad that that underlines this idea of violence as a political tactic and the ad offers people a um, hunting license for rhinos republicans in name only and the visual that you'll see you'll hear what it sounds like the visual that you see if you see it is they've been taken out off now of youtube and facebook and other places where it won't run because it shows a group of uh, purportedly Navy SEALs busting into an American home and a killing rhinos, someone who's a Republican in name only. And what you can hear is you can hear uh, Governor Greitens even justifying that. Listen. I'm Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL, and today we're going rhino hunting. The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. Join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country. Is that uh, the way we save our country? I know, it's supposed to have a sense of humor. By the way, the same uh, gimmick of having a uh, free license, though it wasn't free in the other case, there was one of the the challengers to Liz Cheney, and there were a bunch of them in Wyoming before they settled on one who was President Trump's candidate, but one of her previous challengers had said, I'm going after Liz Cheney and you can help me. Uh, we need a hunting license to bag the rhino. And there he was speaking very specifically about Liz Cheney. It's not even clear who it is that Greitens is talking about. His campaign is being run. His campaign chair is Donald Trump Jr.'s uh, fiance, uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. It's just a, but an unbelievable thing. Imagine you're one of his opponents, and you're, you're dealing suddenly with an ad that shows... A, uh, a a former Navy SEAL and a bunch of other people dressed up as Navy SEALs. Actually, I'm surprised that the SEALs themselves as an organization haven't complained about that because it's not the idea that you get Navy SEALs to bust into somebody's home to kill them uh, because you disagree about the direction of the Republican Party. Speaking of which, Josh Hawley who was one of the people who worked very closely with President Trump on this entire de deal to decertify the elections, 
Even Senator Hawley said that someone like Eric Greitens doesn't uh, belong in the Senate. He belongs in jail. Okay, when somebody says that like Josh Hawley, can we avoid him being the standard bearer for Republicans in the great state of Missouri? We will be right back on the MedVed Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That's 1-800-955-1776. On the uh, Michael Medved Show... The uh, There's a terrific piece that needs attention by uh, Gerard Baker, who is one of the editors at Wall Street Journal. It is a great piece by a great conservative. It uh, says January 6th pitted a conspiracy of rhinos against a confederacy of dunces. So which side was which and how did that work? We will get to that. Let me go first to uh, Mike in Kitsap County, Washington. Mike, you're on the MedVed show. Michael, I normally agree with you on lots of things. This one, I just, I feel like you have been working hard to just downplay and make this seem like the Republicans are a bunch of crazies, you know, to, to consider the possibility that there was election fraud. We watched them close off the, the, the viewing of in the State Farm Center in, in Georgia. We saw that on video, and then they say, oh, pipes, bur pipes burst. We're gonna now not going to count with people here. And then you see the spike. I mean, we go to bed, Trump's ahead. You, you wake up and there's this huge Biden spike and then you okay, see Mike, story after Mike, story. Mike, they, they actually talked about this this morning and you should listen to it. They have a full video, video from the entire time in that Fulton County uh, counting. And there was no interruption. There were no mystery ballots in black suitcases under the table. None of that is true. And th the question I would ask you is why do you think that people like Brad Raffensperger and like Governor Kemp, who were strong supporters of President Trump, uh, why would they want to participate with Democrats when neither of them has ever been a Democrat? They aren't Democrats now. Why, why would they ever want to uh, cheat President Trump out of victory in Georgia when it would have been enormously to their advantage if he had won. Yes. And, Michael, I called you on Bill Barr right after this happened, and you said the same thing about Bill Barr. Well, why would Bill Barr do this? And I'm telling you because Bill Barr didn't see what he was – he didn't see that that was there, and so that was his view. Does that mean he's right? Does that mean Raffensperger's right, that nobody well, cheated it, it in all means, those things? It means that – I'm sorry, somebody um, – with all due respect for Mike Lindell, there are more resources for the Attorney General of the United States to actually investigate wrongdoing. And one of the things that you find out if you if you know any prosecutors, if you've ever worked with prosecutors or dealt with the prosecution office, prosecutors live to prosecute. If there was some kind of election fraud going on here, then all of the prosecutors working in the Justice Department, and there are literally thousands of them, would be looking to move ahead by uh, getting some of those people in trouble. 
And what Bill Barr was talking about was not his personal opinion. It was the conclusion of everyone who worked in the Justice Department under him, which is why Trump not only had to get rid of Bill Barr, but he did, but he was trying to install a guy named Jeffrey Clark, who was not really a veteran prosecutor and was in the tank for the Trump view of, of the election. In other words, I, I, when you say I, I won't consider it, I, I would consider it or any of the other points that people bring up. But part of the answer to this, Mike, and I'll let you respond in just a moment, is that uh, Trump would need to have overturned the results in three different states. And even if he did that, unless he got that extra electoral vote in, in uh, Nebraska, it, even if he got overturned the three states that he was most likely or most concentrating on overturning, that would have created a tie, and it would have had to go to the House of Representatives. And none of this is provided for in statute law or let alone the Constitution. Now, go ahead. Well, this is exactly why I think Bill Barr and Ravensburger didn't do it, because, well, it wouldn't make any difference anyway. We're not going to get those other things, so we just won't be as worried about it, because this didn't matter anyway. It's going to, The other ones came out. It just happened that all of them, just like in Washington State when Dino Rossi was running for governor, we keep, run, we keep counting until the Democrat wins, and that's just – it's just every time it goes this way. It doesn't happen the other direction where we keep counting, and look, Trump wins. That wasn't one state. All of the states – went the other direction. And you go, how is that possible? And so you go, mm, maybe they were counting a bunch of ballots that were put in incorrectly, and you see the 2,000 mules, and you see the people putting ballot after ballot after ballot, and then people ignore that. Why haven't you talked about that? Why haven't you gone through and Because shown it hasn't been ignored. It's gotten a tremendous amount of attention, including the, the movie you just referenced. One of the things that was very telling in, in the hearings was uh, at, at one point when uh, the Speaker of the House in Arizona, Rusty Bowers, was talking to President Trump, he said, uh, President Trump says, well, you can have the legislature vote to overturn the results of the election. And said, so how can I do that? What is the evidence? And, and uh, oh, this is actually a, a conversation he had with Rudy Giuliani. And he said, well, the evidence is we have 200,000 illegal aliens who voted in this election he said can you give me those names and he said well we'll get it to you he said uh, can you give me one name and Rudy couldn't and then he talked about dead electors and we've all heard about that and the lack of evidence here again you're talking about judges who were appointed by Trump you're talking about 62 legal actions they they were all thrown out and because they were groundless and 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 again why are you so surprised that Trump lost Trump Trump carried these states very narrowly he carried these states very narrowly in 2016 and the same states we're talking about now uh, Georgia uh, uh, Arizona uh, Wisconsin Michigan and Pennsylvania those are your five swing states. And there was a swing, but a very notable swing, in favor of Biden. And by the way, it wasn't so much in favor of Biden. It was against Trump. Uh, Republicans d further down on the ballot um, did better. 
Uh, Matthew in Oregon, you're on the Michael Medved show. How's it going, Michael? Okay, I'm. You're a very smart person, and Thank I'm going to try to communicate this in a model that works for you. And I'm really, I'm working hard on this. And I'm going to. Okay, go ahead. It. So, you basically you're the neocon of the Republican. I'm not calling you a rhino. I actually think you guys are generally the Republican. The problem is that the Republican Party has fractured into something that you find distasteful. And what you guys, as the neocons, who are still somewhat in control, I think, of some of the Republican Party, you guys need to solve what you're going to do here as far as these as – you, you have these factions that you don't like. You have the people the, – we'll call it the um, – the you know the stolen election faction you have no no i don't well hold on i don't think there is a stolen i don't think there is a stolen election faction i think there's a stolen election cause and i think it's a cause that is going to hurt our party unbelievably it's going to blow an election that we should win in a landslide and it's going to blow any chance of winning in 2024 go ahead Okay, so I know these people. I live around these people that believe these various causes, we'll say. Um, and they're, they're transforming into coalitions that you guys are going to have to figure out how you're going to negotiate with because you are helping transform everything by these dialogues that you're having right now into purity politics. And so either... How, wait, wait, wait. How, how is it purity politics? I don't understand what you're saying. Well, the fact that you're hammering away inside the Republican Party now, I know that underneath everything, on their side, there's a lot of them that are like, if they do not believe this, then I will not vote along with. So they're saying the thing, like you guys, like. Okay, if you were if you were saying if you were saying well. that the cost of political success is saying things in public that I know to be lies. Uh, sorry, I can't sign on for that. I'm not saying you have to sign on, but you guys are going to have to figure out, like... When you say you guys, what do you think? You think that there's a meeting, that a coven, that we get together at, at a certain point? Uh, look, right now, I, I, uh, I believe that there are people, including people who have just won elections wonderfully, like Nancy Mace down in South Carolina. Uh, uh, or you, you, could, you could look across the country, and there are good, solid people who are looking to the future and recognizing that continuing to believe in, to hammer home, to uh, stake everything on the idea of a stolen election theory is damaging for the GOP and this greatest nation on